good to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. All right, and welcome to uh, Dave's I Know Podcast, episode 212. Uh, this is the one uh, with Seattle in it. Uh, and we have our, our uh, fellow compatriots, our, our stalwarts here, uh, Jess, who is uh, dog-sitting in the place I used to buy a lot of cocaine, Minnetonka. Um, they have the best cocaine down in Minnetonka, I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's a bunch of white people down there. So uh, I, I don't <laughs> recommend... I don't recommend that substance unless you are touching a coast. If you're not touching I mean, a coast, like it, fuck you it. Were, you weren't, you weren't, you weren't. You might uh, as well put sawdust up your nose. It'll burn. You weren't in, a, you weren't working in the restaurant industry in, the, in uptown in like the uh, early 2000s. It was a, uh, it was a hell of a drug. So how's that? Uh, no, I was in uh, Roseville space. Yes, so in see. the restaurant industry. Exactly. Uh, how is how's going to talk to Jess? How are you? And how are you? More importantly, uh, I am hanging in. I'm hanging in. I've got five dogs. Three of them French bulldogs. One of them a black lab. One of them a mutt. And we're holding it down. And I'm just I'm going to go grab Cody to put her on my lap because she just had fucking mouse poison in her mouth. And I want to make sure she doesn't die. So oh, I'm well. How are you, Seller? Yeah, I'm good. Um, we're gonna have a cocaine party out in Minnetonka on Friday, FYI. If you are if you are a Dave, uh, you know Patreon, you'll get an invite for that. Uh, we also have MJ. Uh, MJ, how you doing? I'm really hoping that uh, Jess brings in a quality DJ this time for the party in Minnetonka. The last DJ really, really was lame. Yeah, uh, that's good. That's a good point, Jess. Uh, make sure you bring in a good DJ for the cocaine party on Friday, please. There's no coke, no cocaine, no. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, well, as many smokables as you want. Uh, not crack, not meth. No, those are no go either. Um, oh, oh, cocaine. Keep it. Oh, oh cocaine. Adult light. What's in your nostrils? The white stuff. Yeah. There's a uh, yeah. Nothing better than a rail off of a, a toilet okay. that you you know. Anyways, I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stop talking since I, I don't want to incriminate myself anymore. Um, that was all past the statute of limitations. Um, cops who listen to this podcast He's just to make himself look cool, folks, and it's gotten that desperate. Yes, that's. Uh, yes, I just I talk about cocaine because I want people to think I'm cool. That is a hundred percent it. Uh, all right, let's let's move on. Um, Again, as we always mention, Patreon, patreon.com slash the days I know. Um, I keep promising to get out a, a email about the Heath Out Stout. There was a whole thing where yeah, we had an what's inter- up with your email? international break. People, I wasn't planning, I wasn't planning on going to many games. There are a few games coming up though that I'm planning on being there. So um, if you want, if you are a Patreon member and you're listening to this podcast, 
I will be at the Blackheart uh, today, Tuesday uh, at 2 p.m. And Wednesday uh, at 2 p.m. Uh, today is uh, some fucking teams playing the Champions League. I don't really care. Probably Chelsea, um, maybe Man U. Uh, Wednesday, Liverpool and Man City both play. Liverpool is playing Milan. Man City is playing someone that they will probably beat for nothing. Um, but I will be at the Blackheart with beer. So if you are a Patreon member, you want to come pick up your Heath Out Stout, uh, please come. I will have the, I will have the beer there. I will also send out an email tomorrow because I don't have my kids. Kids are at uh, the in-laws tomorrow, so I actually have a little more time to to do shit. So, um, with these details as well as well as a few other uh, future times to pick up your beer. So um, Tuesday, Wednesday, if you are a Patreon member, Heath Out Stout, we have a beer for you. I will be at Blackheart. Moving along. Uh, all right, so we have. Uh, we have a game to Wait, talk about. How is MJ? Yeah. Oh, yeah, MJ's good. Yeah. Okay. Great. I'm basically just excited about uh, about this party on Friday, and I, I really want you to be a good DJ. That's right. Yeah, that's that, that was. Okay, if I get a great DJ, you have to learn my flash mob dance. Fair, guys. If you get if you get me enough cocaine, I can DJ. Just <laughs> FYI. So. <laughs> yeah. I bet you can do a lot of things. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, all right, so let's talk about this game. Uh, Seattle won, Minnesota United zero. It was kind of a bummer of a game in that I really was kind of hoping that we would get mollywopped by Seattle, and we didn't. Seattle kind of what's mollywopped? Mollywopped, like beat, the, like get the shit beat out of you. Um, oh. it's, it's an old timey, it's an old timey, uh, old timey phrase. I used it in a, a email to, uh, a, a friend of mine who lives out in Seattle now. <clears throat> mm-hmm. it and also uh, in honor of our guest last week, Molly Wagner. Yeah, no, that's not, not the reason why I used it, but I just, I, I thought it was a, a fun, a fun turn of phrase and figured it would get, uh, you know, get some, get some play. So, uh, anyways, the uh, Seattle played kind of like crap minnesota definitely played like crap and it was basically like seattle got a whole brand new team put together again and didn't like kind of forgot how to play together and Mm. also like minnesota united had a bunch of players who don't know how to score and they kind of played together and so it kind of was a a war of attrition um Mm -hmm. seattle played it in their their now customary this year three four two one uh, Stefan Fry came back from uh, a four month injury. He was out with a knee sprain. He had surgery uh, and then had blood clots, which was kind of crazy. Um, so he's, he just came back. Uh, and then uh, Nuhu returns uh, after an abductor injury. And then um, MJ, you want to tell us a little bit more about the rest of the, of the returners and non-returners? Well, on the returner side, coming back from international duty, Christian Roldan, Alex Roldan, Brad Smith all came in that five-day quarantine window or whatever it is that MLS has, their policy. They all got back in time. Raul Rui Diaz from Peru and Xavier Ariaga from Ecuador did not get back in time, so they weren't available to play. They weren't even on the bench as per MLS policy. Um, yeah. And then uh, from Minnesota side, we played a 4-3-3. Uh, Frank Payne came back after being about out about seven weeks uh, with a thigh injury. And uh, su- surprisingly, I think Metnir started. Um, he just came back from Madagascar national team duty. 
apparently got in, in enough time to to be able to make the roster and and started and played the full 90. And then we had a shit ton of injuries. MJ, um, point out, uh, please, for us, who was injured. Reynoso is still injured. Lute is still injured. Hansen is still injured. Agadello is still injured. McMaster is still injured. I have Fragapani back. Gregush is healthy. But, yeah, we still have a lot of injuries. And what I gather is that Reynoso is quick is closer to coming back than Lude. But that's just me reading between the lines of what he tells reporters. So, you know. Not a lot to trust there. Yeah, which meant we just had, we had a very very short bench for this game, um, which obviously you'll see when in terms of the subs that were made by Minnesota, uh, and also um, just kind of felt like we were punching this game with the hopes that we maybe get Reynoso um, and a couple other players back for the midweek match against Sporting Kansas City, which we will get to in a hot second. So let's talk very very briefly about the match. There was again, this was a. Um, a very dire match. Uh, Minnesota came out strong, played pretty well for the first 10 to 15 minutes. However, in the 22nd minute, Seattle scores a goal. Joao Paulo scores a, a, a great goal. Um, but the big questions that I have is the fuck is Ozzy doing? And the fuck is Will Trapp doing? Um, it's a, he, Joao Paulo had just acres of space uh, and all the time in the world to uh, tee up his shot and he beat Tyler Miller. Tyler Miller, who, um, for my money, was be- in you know, spoiler alert, best player of the game uh, on both sides of the ball. Actually, in, as far as I'm concerned, um, he made a couple of amazing saves in like the 12th minute uh, that kept Minnesota in this game. Mm-hmm. And this goal was definitely not on uh, Tyler Miller, um, but Joao Paulo uh, scores in the 22nd minute, giving Seattle the eventual uh, game winner uh, with one nothing. Um, so my questions to you guys is the fuck is Ozzy doing there? And also the fuck is Will Trap doing? This is not on Will Trap, David. Will Trap was on Nico Lodero, who had the through ball to Benazette. And it was it was actually Gasper who doubled Lodero, not realizing that, that Benazette had cut behind him. Now I know what we're saying. Will Trap's the more experienced player. He should like help Gasper out. He's there on that side to help Gasper out. But Neither of them have eyes in the back of their head. And if you're the left back, you should be behind the left center midfielder, not doubling his guy. So to me, that's on Gasper. Trap was on Ladero. Ladero passed a through ball to Benazette, who now since Gasper's chasing him, Debassi is leaving the left center portion of that field to help try to buy Gasper time to get in position. So that leaves things open. This is then completely on Ozzy and Boxall, who were nowhere near to stepping up to uh, Jao Paulo at all, you know? So to me, it's a, it's a, it's a team effort. It's a team defensive breakdown. And it's really hard to like the people who are ratting on Ozzy. Yeah. Like it went through his legs. If, if Ozzy just keeps his legs together, you know, I'm not even I'm not even worried about Ozzy and his legs and, and keeping them together. Um, he was nowhere fucking near the guy who scored the goal that he should have been marking at the top of the box. Yeah. And the fuck is Ozzy doing at the at the the six yard, the eight, you know, the 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 you know the honestly, man, I, I'm at a fucking loss for words. Like Ozzy does not need to be as deep as he is. 
He is so fucking deep. In this podcast, I'm not a loss for words because I'm going to harp on the same thing I always harp on. This was the third time in Seattle attacking where we had about three or four people facing the net. They were didn't have their butts to the net. They couldn't see anything coming. They're ball watching, and everything is shading to where they can't see where the weak side or people coming to the top of the box are running in. You, can, you There's no way to mark them if you can't see them if you're watching the ball over on the wing. And like I said, this was the third time this happened. Uh, Mark Watson is no longer the defensive coach of this team. He's the technical director. This falls on Sean McCauley and Adrian Heath and maybe Ian Fuller. But get your defensive discipline and positioning. Get those. Get that shit together. Because I'm sick of harping on this week after week. And and my co-hosts are too. I'll never get sick of harping on Gasper. Sorry. Well, he's got, yeah, he, he comes back up again pretty quickly. Um, so Minnesota gets through the first half, uh, down one nothing. 40 in the second half, in the 47th minute, uh, Ozzy Alonso gets a yellow card, um, which is great because he'll miss the next match due to yellow card accumulation. I'm, I don't understand how that, that man who's only probably played about 120 minutes this year um, yeah. already, has, already has enough yellow cards to be uh, out for the next match, but doesn't matter. Uh, then Heath makes only two subs in this game. On uh, the 66th minute, um, Fernando Adi comes on for Adrian Hunu, um, who uh, just got had been several minutes before absolutely wrecked by a tackle. Um, good to see that he was still able to get up and keep playing. Uh, and then the only other sub that Minnesota made was in the 70th minute when uh, Jacory Hayes came on for Frank Payne. We'll talk about that in a in a second. The 77th minute, uh, Minnesota gets another yellow card. Chase Gasper, uh, your your boy, Chase Gasper, gets My a yellow card. Boy. He is now out. I mean, I don't. Do you want to hang out with somebody who probably is like just a walking COVID case at all times, Jess? I'm honestly. No. The guy, the guy will give you COVID anytime he hangs out with you. Um, uh, who will? Anyways, Chase Gasper, the dude is a walking fucking COVID case. I don't how, know. How is that? Wait, what, cite your source. He, uh, number one, has had it, I think, twice. Uh, and that we that we, that we we can theoretically put together um, based on things that have happened. Uh, he <laughs> also uh, just likes to hang out on the Jersey Shore. Um, oh, is, gross. Yeah. So anyways, Chase Gasper, I mean, if you want to come on this podcast. And if, the least of your worries is what he can give you. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but if you, Chase Gasper, if you want to defend yourself and come on the podcast, just uh, hit us up at uh, the TDIKMN Twitter account. <laughs> yeah. He gets he gets the yellow card in the seventy seventh minute, so he's out for the next match as well to do yellow card accumulation. You can catch up on all the nookie stories. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then in the eighty fifth minute, Jacory Hayes uh, comes in and gets or he, he's already been in. He gets the yellow card as well. So um, I mean, this was a again. I thought. Minnesota was would get curb stomped in this match. They managed they they had a couple of decent chances at the very end of the game, including uh, I think there was like a 94th minute yellow card for a Seattle player. Um, I think it was Brad Smith, maybe. Uh, they had it. They had a legitimate chances to actually like steal a point in Seattle, um, a place where they've never won. But uh, unfortunately, they did not do it. So I, I don't know. I don't want to spend too much more time talking about this game unless you guys have any other. Any other specific thoughts on the match itself? MJ, you have anything else? Okay. Uh, All right. So there's one quote that I'll pull out from the uh, post game that I actually wanted to chat a little bit about. 
Uh, this is from Heath. Um, it's and it's basically here's the quote: We probably played played Franco ten minutes more than we wanted to. He's been out for seemingly seven weeks now, so we wanted to give him maybe an hour, and we had to keep him on. Uh, Heath said, because we were having enough of the play, we just needed to create something and to work the final third through the pitch a bit more with better runs and better balls in the box. It wasn't ideal, but obviously that's football. That's what it is. At the end of the day, if players aren't fit and aren't available, they're not. Then they're not fit and available. I think this quote, this is like the most, to me, the most infuriating thing this that Heath can say. Um, yeah, because he's responsible for playing them into the dirt to get injured. So exactly. Like, um, what the fuck? This is that's football. No, that's your game, Inchi. Yeah, David, you say this is the most infuriating. I see this as finally the most Heath quote ever. The most I am taking not necessarily responsibility, but this is embodies my philosophy about football. You know, and I'm just throwing that out there that as if my managerial decisions about who I put in the starting lineup and who I sub in when have nothing to do with fitness and availability. Right. Like if they aren't fit, they aren't available, then they're not fit and not available. I mean, that that's sort of like washing his hands clean of this problem it embodies Heath to a T. Yeah. And it's refreshing. It's refreshing that he's like admitting that hey, this is my problem, and I don't see it as my problem. Like, to me, that's great. God, if only there were a 12-step meeting for him. Yeah, I mean, considering the guy is also the, uh, the, technical, di- the technical director of the team, like, this is this is his fucking problem. Yeah. Um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, so so maybe you're right, MJ. Maybe it is just, like, the d- demonstrative quote. Um, Let's that... make t-shirts. <laughs> Not fit, not available. Uh, that would be actually be fucking great. I know the Redlands are working on a T-shirt uh, that just says "Pro Choice, Pro Soccer" on it. Um, I think doing a Dave's I know not fit, not available T-shirt might yes. might, might not be a terrible idea. So I'll, I have to I'm off to look into that and see if I can figure out a way to we can maybe do a pre-order or something because um, I don't want to like have a shit ton of shirts in my house. But right, we can right, definitely right. do something like not fit, not available, and then quote just Keith you know, quote Heath or whatever on it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, can I just say, I know it would cost more, but like if we put not, not fit, not available on the front and then put definitely drunk podcasting on the back. Let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll look into, I'll look into some ideas uh, for that. So, all right, let's just get to it. Uh, the Freddie Adus for um, Minnesota. Uh, I had, I had, I'll start. No, I normally don't start. I had Tyler Miller as my uh, good Freddie Adu. Um, he played really well. He kept Minnesota in the game, honestly, in, that, in those mm-hmm. first like 12, uh, 10, 15 minutes. Um, definitely could have given up a couple goals. And then this would have been a, again, Minnesota would have been molly whopped. The, uh, my shitty Freddie do is uh, Romain Metinair. Uh, he had a terrible, terrible game. I almost, you could also make a case for Ozzy Alonso here, um, but Metinair just, couldn't complete a pass to save his goddamn life. So, uh, MJ, who do you got? I have Will Trapp. Um, Miller definitely was the best loon on the pitch. I totally agree with you, David. I'm just, like, if you want to pick an, a player not in net that was playing well on both sides of the ball, I thought, was 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 Will Trapp. Yeah. Um, if, if we could have someone with his 
sort of defensive vision and, and passing acumen like everywhere on the pitch. If we had more of him, great, but we don't. Uh, and then my my shittiest ready to do is also Metonier. Uh And I kind of am torn because is it really Metonier's fault that he comes back from international duty and he wants to play him as soon as possible when he has DJ Taylor on the bench and there are two more games this week. Now, one could say, well, maybe he's saving DJ Taylor for the midweek game. Guess what? He has to play DJ Taylor in the midweek game and Metonier can't rest. So, well, unless you could write tell us coming in. Yeah, good. Good point there. I kind of forgot about that. So, so I, I kind of feel like Metonier, you know, playing with the Malagasy national team, that's an adjustment, right? Mm-hmm. And some people can throw that switch. Now I'm back with my club, do it right away. You know, in my opinion, Metonier is not one of those guys. Maybe give him another game off or like sub him in second half, something like that. He chooses not to do that. He starts him right away. So are all of Metonier's poor decisions and poor execution all on Metonier? Or does he bear part of that blame? And I think we all agree that he bears part, not all, part. I would say Heath is like a highlighter. Like, like if you, you know, not like just his, his insistence and his um, lack of versatility or like problem solving, like trying different people, different places, different times. Like he's so predictable that I'd say like, yeah, if you have a player that has some opportunities for growth or like, you know, maybe coming back from international duty, most players would probably need a little acclimation time, but with Heath, so like, it's like anything, any misstep they make, like Heath's insistence on playing them the same way all the time, the same players, I think uh, accentuates or exacerbates that like you're not good at something but he is going to make it a lot worse (laughs) yeah uh all right seattle uh let's start with you mj who you got on seattle uh so for my good for do i have uh nico ladero his passing was was great uh and uh he just every time he was on the ball he was causing Minnesota trouble. And then for my shittiest Friday do on Seattle, uh, I am going to go with uh, Nuhu. I was learning about Nuhu as my shitty Friday do too. So why don't you tell us why? Well, it's really hard when so much, other than Jopalo and Nico Bodero, uh, so many of Seattle players look subpar. And I'm trying to grade on a curve, right? I'm not trying to grade everyone based on a DP level player. And grading on this curve, you say, what do we expect out of this player? We expect them to do this well and this not well. And a lot of them were just mediocre. And the thing is, is as C minus as a lot of Seattle players were, and some of them get A grades, but like as C minus as a lot of them are, like, Minnesota played D plus. And so when Minnesota plays, you can't take advantage of these Seattle players mm-hmm. that aren't playing up to par. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's tough to pick a worst one. It, 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 I know. I, literally, I, I, it's, 
in the, as you're looking at the document, it's uh, mine is blank as well. I had Stefan Fry um, coming back from a pretty crazy situation, played really well. Um, definitely made a couple saves that kept Seattle in the game. Um, Minnesota, you know, for their lack of opportunities, did have a couple of fairly decent opportunities. Um, and Stefan Fry stepped up and made big saves. So good to him. And then, uh, yeah, I, I was going to go with uh, Nuhu um, just for the same kind of reasons. But again, to your point, um, I think uh, Bruce uh, Dunard uh, in his, uh, you know, player rankings for the game basically gave everybody OKs. Like, no one good, no one great, no one yeah. bad, no one woof. Um, I, I, I slightly disagree. I think Metnir was a, was definitely a bad uh, or a good minus. And I definitely thought Miller and Trap. To your, you know, to your point, MJ, I think Miller and Trap were like good plus. Yeah, okay, or, plus. O- okay plus. And yeah, then yeah. Metnir, Metnir, and Ozzy Alonso, where I think um, were okay yeah, minus. Yeah, I, I'm with you, David. Um, I don't know if they were necessarily in the bad because you know, again, Minnesota kept this one close. They, you know, they clearly had a a plan. They executed that plan, and they almost stole a point. So I guess uh, that's good, but it was a shitty plan, and. If you, even if you execute a shitty plan, it's still a shitty plan. So that also could be on a t-shirt. Even if you execute a shitty plan, it's still a shitty plan. <laughs> so, yeah. man, we're just coming up with t-shirts. Uh, yeah. All right, so big questions coming out of this one. Obviously, the big question is Minnesota United uh, has two games this week, two more games this week. Uh, Seattle, or sorry, Kansas City on Wednesday, down in uh, Kansas City. And, well, technically... Uh, yeah, technically Kansas. Um, and then Saturday against LA Galaxy at home. Two very, very, very important games for Minnesota if, they're, if they want to, you know, make sure they secure a playoff spot. Um, and we have a couple of players out as well as injured. So, MJ, um, why don't you give us, uh, give us the question and then uh, talk us through this. Assuming the MN... Minnesota United players that are injured stay injured, and I can relist them all if you want. What will our starting lineup look up now that Gasper and Ozzy are out for yellow card accumulation? This is for the midweek game on Wednesday against Burning Kansas City. Um, I've put my 10 starting 11, assuming Miller starts in goal out there. Um, we maybe have a couple more options that now that we have, you know, you could write back from international duty and uh, Greg Goosh back from injury. But again, assuming everyone who's injured stays injured, like what does it look without uh, Ozzy and without Gasper? I mean, so, so you, you have, um, so Taylor, Tabasi, Boxel, Metnir across the back line, Trap, Dotson, Hayes in the midfield and Frankapane, Kunu and uh, Finlay across the the top. So four, three, three. Um, listen, man, unless Reynoso is, is back, I think that's pretty much it. <laughs> I don't yeah. think you could, I don't think you could Ritava starts on the left. I think, yeah, you're right. I think DJ Taylor starts on the left. Um, you know, Debasi box all. I mean, unless, unless the team decides to go with something like a three, five, two um, right. in which you would, you would insert Coleman. Uh, keep Taylor on the left, uh, Metnir on the right, and, and you know, Debasi, Kalman, Boxall, or Debasi, Boxall, Kalman across the, the back line. And then um, I think I would take out probably Jacory Hayes in that, in that scenario. 
Right. Um, and then have, uh, you know, uh, Trap and, and Dotson with uh, Fragapani and Finley up top. That would be the only, assuming that, but it, again, we very rarely play a 3-5-2. And when we do, mm-hmm. it's basically to just, you know, just concede a, three points to the other team, which Adrian Heath likes to do in, in Kansas City. Let's, let's, not, uh, let's not kid ourselves. So, You know, as much as we complain about Heath not rotating the squad, he has a record of, like, and not wanting to change formation. He has a record of wanting to change the formation and rotate the squad both. Like, make too many changes every time we go to Sporting Kansas City. So, right. as much as I would like to see this 4-3-3 that I listed up there, you know, mm-hmm. who's to say that Yuka Raitala is in that uh, left fullback and Taylor's subbing in for Metonair, how I kind of want at, at, at right fullback. And we just, you know, toss the whole roster to shit, you know. Um, but, I, you know, I think we have enough players to have a go at it. Um We'll get into later on on uh, tactical spectacle. Yeah. Jess, do you have any any thoughts on on this potential lineup? Well, I feel like now that I see MJ's prediction, it's like, oh yeah, duh. I don't know that I because <laughs> like I'm like, yeah, those are the dudes in cheap place. So. <laughs> Yeah, it it is a sad sad state of affairs. Where it's like, yeah, that's that. I mean, this is what will happen because this is what will happen because our coach is a fucking moron and doesn't know how to like rotate his squad at all. So, um, like, all right. I wonder if the guy rotates his tires. Uh, like, he's just so. Yeah, probably not. Um, his I tires, you know, yeah, like no, he, he wears the same shit. He, listen. Adrian Heath is a simple man. His wardrobe man. is also very predictable, right? Yes, he's a simple man with simple pleasures, uh, and that is um, jerking off while listening to this podcast. So, you know. <laughs> we, we at least all agree that that uh, suit. I agree to nothing. Suit button-up shirt, no tie. Heath is better than tracksuit Heath, right? We all agree with that. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, I I still prefer Black Lives the 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 uh, uh, Black Lives Matter uh, Adrian in Orlando Heath uh, look, but that's you just do me. I do. Uh, yes, that's but weird. I want that man in um, as as much social justice shit as po- as humanly possible because he is a fucking <laughs> Tory and he is the worst. So, all right, moving along. Let's do other United news and we'll take a break and talk about some some fun stuff, actually. Um, uh, This is good news. Michael Boxall signed a new contract with the team. Oh, thank God. Yeah. um, It's a deal that runs through the 2023 season. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is the only player that has made 100 MLS appearances for Minnesota. Um, He actually has 105. Or no, it's 106 now, actually, because he started the game. They're all starts. Uh, he has 33 caps for New Zealand. We obviously don't know the details of the contract because MLS doesn't fucking tell you that shit, uh, which is infuriating beyond belief. But Michael Boxo will be here for another couple of years. So that is awesome. Good for him. The dude, uh, if you ever get a chance to meet Michael Boxo, he smells like if um, you imagine sex with like your 
the, the, the person you pined after in high school, that is how Michael Boxel smells. <laughs> like, it's amazing. It's fucking amazing. Just not going to lie. Man's, man's attractive. Smells like, <laughs> like teen sex. Like, like it makes me want to, I can't whistle, but if I could whistle right now, I would have inserted the um, Old Spice whistle. Do, 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 do. Yeah, he, he smells, yeah, he kind of smells like that. He smells like, like the perfect embodiment of like, of pure love. That's what Michael <laughs> Boxel smells like. I'm not lying. Um, you can talk to my wife. She smelled him too. He, he smells did. fucking, he smells fucking did great. First, or did you comment first on how good he smelled? You know what? I did. <laughs> I bet you did. Yeah. Uh, all right. In other uh, semi United related news, uh, Joao Paulo and, uh, was named to Team of the Week, of course, because he scored a goal against Minnesota United. Uh, Stefan Fry was on the bench uh, as the goal as the bench goalkeeper. And then uh, MLS announced their playoff setup. Um, I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. saw this, mm-hmm. but they'll be playing games on Thanksgiving, which I'm very excited about because I don't like hanging out with my family so i can watch uh, instead of instead of watching the detroit lions shit the bed i can watch minnesota united shit the bed um is, to be to be honest way more fun and i'm way more invested in yeah exactly so assuming they get to that point because there is a there is a uh oh they're, pro- yeah. they're probably they're, they're probably gonna have to be playing in round one so let's uh and we're not hosting so as yeah. i predicted in the several times in this pod that we will make playoffs and not host. So. Oh God, it would be so great. Is it already over? Uh, We've already surpassed the point of hosting? No, 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 no. We could still get up there. Okay. Yeah, God, don't kill my hope. I just like to hope, guys. In some in some godforsaken world where, uh, uh, you know, aliens take away half the teams, then yes, we could host a playoff game. Um, but it would be so awesome. Actually, honestly, if we if if we are playing if we are playing in that game on November twenty fifth, which is uh, what they they Thanksgiving is this week, I will I will fly anywhere in the fucking country to go to that game and just not be at Thanksgiving. And I will I will I will I will leave my wife and kids here. And I'm sorry, Anna. Anna listens to the podcast. I'm sorry. I'm 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 putting it out there right now. Uh, She does. And honestly, like Anna, we both can go. We'll leave the kids with the fucking grandparents and we'll go fly. And then we don't have to deal with our families for Thanksgiving, which I think is probably the, I should buy it. That's, that's what we'll do. I'm not leaving Anna. I'm taking you with me and we're going to leave the kids with grandparents. We're going to fly somewhere. Packing your luggage. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and then finally, um, there's a new, there's a new statue uh, at the, uh, at Allianz Field. Uh, It's, uh, I believe Omnis is the, is the name of it. Um, it's an original bronze sculpture by an, uh, uh, Jim Sanborn, who's an internationally recognized artist. Uh, it's a really interesting, cool, uh, 12 foot tall cylinder um, with got words cut out. Um, it's a metal cylinder, words cut out, uh, and the words are represent over 40 languages. And then there's a light in there that um, actually, like, especially at night, I so I've I, there's a if you go to the Minnesota United website, there's a, a piece on it. Um, I've been been there at night, and like the way the light it projects out onto other things, so like projects onto the rocks that are there. It's it's on the just um, south, sorry, north and east of where the stadium is. 
uh, on mm -hmm. the Great Lawn. So it's just on the other side of that street that's basically in between Allianz Field and the Great Lawn. On the basically that would be the south uh, east corner of the Great Lawn. It's it's a really it's really cool looking. Um, I definitely uh, recommend people checking it out. Uh, I know Dr. Bill uh, is very into public arts. Um, that is kind of his, uh, that's how he gets off. Uh, definitely not by putting together a good soccer team. Um, so definitely check it out. It's it's really cool looking. Uh, and hopefully there's more things like that that are going to be going up. Uh, although that doesn't, you know, cover all the shit that the team should be doing in terms of the community, but it's, you know, not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I, I hope that this, sculpture and what it stands for in embracing the world and you know out, outreach to the community and these sorts of things that the club will do a better job in the, of embodying those ideals Hopefully. Um, trivia fact jim sandboard's most famous sculpture is where either of you know hey. what the cia crypto yes. Another another Greek named sculptor, uh, Kryptos, is uh, at uh, Langley, Virginia. Cool. All right. Yeah, well, that's trivia. We're gonna do that again. <laughs> yeah, we should. We should actually. We should actually announce. Uh, we should figure out a date when we we're definitely can go to the Blackheart. Um, let and then people come. People can come. Um, we used to have people like just drop by and, and just hang out and watch the podcast, which was weird. Uh, back in the before times but then play trivia with us so yeah we're, we're gonna pick Let's a date soon in. we're gonna pick a so uh, date soon and uh and then yeah we'll do we can play you'll play trivia with uh with the dates maybe I we know, could so. pick a date during the break maybe we could let's maybe let's maybe do that and then uh, we'll come back with it so yeah. uh all right let's take a break when we come back we will jump into go for soccer minneapolis city had a minute um, I mean, they played a, a game, I guess, technically. Uh, and then we'll uh, break down the uh, two matches that are coming up. Sparks on Wednesday and LA Galaxy on Saturday. So we'll be right back. want me to be that type of dude and I want to be who you like me to. But we both know I can't do nothing at all. We're back. Uh, from the Days I Know podcast. Uh, very quick um, smoking if you got them break there. And we have uh, we have some actually some good stuff to talk about. Um, the Gopher Soccer Gala. Uh, MJ, um, tell us a little bit about how the week went for the Gopher women's soccer team. Or the Gopher soccer team. I should not say women's. It's the only soccer team the Gophers have. The Gopher soccer team. <laughs> there were two games this week. On Thursday, they went down to Omaha and played University of Nebraska Omaha Mavericks. It ended up with a nil-nil draw, and so I'm just not going to talk about that game. What I do want to talk about is about can I, game. Can I, can I talk about the time I had some really great cocaine in, in uh, Omaha? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you did not. This is lies. Um, I did, honestly. I mean, it, listen, I was Omaha, again, I, landlocked. Let's let, let me just say I was partying with some um, people who were very well known musicians uh, who uh, had access to the East Coast and the West Coast. So let's just say uh, I was not doing that. Um, you know, let's just say South Dakota, South, cool. South Dakota cocaine. I was doing some some good cocaine. So oh, everybody so thinks the cocaine is, they've got is good, and they're it's not wrong. Than not having any cocaine. <laughs> 
the important thing is Jess's premise about where good cooking comes from is remains intact here. You were not doing the Nebraska white. Um, <laughs> I was not. No, that's that's meth, MJ. <laughs> Anyways, yes. So let's not talk about that one. Let's talk about uh, what happened on Sunday. You went to the game on Sunday. I did go to the game on Sunday, uh, and I actually saw people I knew there this time. So that was, that was uh, and the Gophers win. Uh, Yay! Two goals, both close to the end of the halves. The first half in the forty-first minute. Uh, Krista Van Loon gives a cross to Egan Sophia Bowman, and she does this back to to the middle pass to Maddie Baker, who basically gets in there and scores with her shoulder. It was a pretty cool, like, this is the height. Um, my head's not going to get down there. Let's just try to get this on net. And uh, it, it looked a little goofy, but it was super fun. And I love the... The long ball in to the to the back door and and Sophie Bowman with the wherewithal that I'm not scoring from this angle. We got to put this back into the center. And then at the end of the second half, 84th minute, Lauren Donovan passes over to Mackenzie Landock, who is a converted right fullback, and she does this great, sends the ball forward, gets this defender from North Dakota to run from the middle to the outside. And so then she faints and, and pulls back to the middle, sends in this left footer shot, upper 90, great long distance shot, great goal. Uh, Kenzie Landock, by the way, is from St. Michael. I was sitting right behind her parents and siblings and some extended relatives, and they were all up and cheering, and it was super fun. So if you have $8 or $9, depending on, you should go out and see a game. The next time they play is uh, the start of the Big Ten season. It is this Saturday, September 18th at 6 p.m. Sadly, there's a Minnesota United home game at 7, so you have to pick one or the other. But if you do not have tickets to Minnesota United, or even if you do, you might have more fun watching the Gophers play what will most likely be a nationally ranked team in the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, huge goalkeeper battle. Junior Megan Plashko is one of the goalkeepers, I believe, right now that have all shutouts. We haven't allowed a goal. Wow. And, uh, senior Jordan Bloomer for Wisconsin is nationally known and scouted and is uh, on the top of her game as well. So uh, big goalkeeper battle. Um, the Big Ten preseason poll had Wisconsin at number two out of 14 and the Gophers at number 13 mm-hmm. out of 14. Don't think they knew what Aaron Chastain was going to build here or how quickly the Gophers would respond to the new coach. But maybe we'll see. We'll see. It. The, the schedule is tougher now that the Big Ten schedule is getting going. One common opponent that they both had in the non-conference was Baylor. Mm-hmm. Gophers won at home 1-0 against Baylor. And Wisconsin also played Baylor at their home in Wisconsin. And it was just a nil-nil draw after two overtimes. So I expect this to be a close game. It should be fun. And, uh, yeah, there's a couple, like, Badgers that they need to look out for. And uh, Jaskinek has four goals and two assists. And Maya Sella has four assists. But – 
that will be a fun game. Um, so you're telling me that the Gophers have a player named uh, Van Loon? Yeah. That's amazing. I, I, believe, I believe she's a freshman. And and she gets on and, – and where Wisconsin kind of has their goal scorers kind of coming from these top three or four people, like I think nine – Different gophers have a goal or assists, so they've they've been spreading it around. It's more of a team effort. That's awesome. I I need to get a, a gopher soccer jersey. It just says Van Loon on the back of it. I know, um, right? Uh, all right, that's great. Uh, please go support uh, gopher soccer. Um, it's a it's super important. And again, if it's if you you know have kids and you you don't want to pay the exorbitant prices to sit and club seats in, in Minnesota United, you can go check out the Gophers. And Elizabeth Lau, Robbie Stadium, I'll say it I said it once, I'll say it many times, is is one of the best venues to watch soccer um, in the city, for sure. So It's it's so nice watching soccer there. Uh, it was a, a nice, perfect autumn day. You know, not too hot, not too cold. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right, moving along, uh, Minneapolis City was actually back in action. They played a friendly down in uh, Madison with Ford Madison, uh, a friend of the podcast, Carl Craig. Uh, and they did not do well. No. Oh. Um, I actually went down to the game. You did? Okay, I wasn't sure. I, 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 had, I originally had thought about it, and then, of course, obviously – um, things per, you know transpire where I was. I actually had to be here at work, and I have two kids, so I can't just like you know abscond from town willy nilly. I have to like plan that shit out. Uh, so MJ, it, it was so Mingo's won six nothing, not great. But tell us a little bit about uh, how the game went uh, from your perspective. First of all, I got to carpool with Paul Schmeichel and JJ, and that was super fun. That it does sound like fun, yeah. Like the three of us in a car together, um, and you know the the crows. Most of their, I don't want to say good players, but their all their college players are in, are in college. All their, you know, like <laughs> the, it, like they are playing for their collegiate teams right now. Mm-hmm. So they weren't available. You know, we're talking about like attackers like Kevin Andrews, you know, who last year played in Portugal. Uh, and uh, Roy O'Driscoll, and all, all these players are now gone. So they had a really bare-bones roster. A lot of chances for some of those Minneapolis futures and younger players to get some playing time. They About one-third of their team were, were either teenagers or uh, high, school, high school players that went on this trip. And so, you know, the six-nothing – I was hoping it was going to be more around three nothing, you know, at the worst four nothing, but yeah, it, it became very clear that they were out of their league. Uh, Connor Tobin, former Minnesota Stars and uh, legend, Connor Tobin started at center back as as captain. I got to talk with Carl Craig before the match, and I was like, "What's it like being uh, reunited with Connor Tobin?" And he's like, "You're gonna see him out on the pitch. You're gonna see him," and that's all he said. And then he was gone. So that's great. And you did. And happy belated birthday to JJ. Uh, last Wednesday was his birthday. And our pod loves you and supports you and thinks you're awesome. So happy belated birthday, JJ. Yeah, JJ has written uh, some NASCAR stuff for us. 
of all of all places. Uh, so, um, yeah, happy birthday, JJ! Happy belated birthday, JJ! Uh, all right, how did uh, hashtag Dave Betts MLS do this weekend? Uh, I will I will have you know, people. I'm up. I was up for I we finished the week up four hundred fifty two dollars and forty nine cents. So since week nineteen, um, if you had been just betting my picks, betting a hundred dollars at every at, on every MLS game, not even just like picking and choosing, just betting everyone, you'd be up uh, over almost two grand right now. Uh, Eighteen hundred dollars. $1,805 and 98 cents. So, uh, it's, it's been a, I'm on a, I'm on a, on a fucking heater. I'm not going to lie. I'm on a fucking heater and, uh, you should definitely bet my picks, uh, next week. Definitely. Um, do not bet my picks next week, please. Like just fade, fade the shit out of me. Cause I'm definitely bound to like lose money very soon. So, um, I've even picking draws correctly, which what, is fucking what, weird. What are you on the season, David? Um, uh, pull up the spreadsheet on the season. Um, $312 down. Okay. Overall. Not bad. For actual profit. Um, yeah. if, if, if I was just given a large sum of money every week, I'd be, we'd be up about $12,000. Um, if, if I, if I wasn't betting my own money, if I was betting my own money. I'd be down about $300, $300 which is considering MLS is a fucking crapshoot. Is actually pretty fucking good. No, that's pretty um, good. Yeah, it, so it's it's meant for you to lose. So one one more good week, and we'll be in the we'll be in the uh, we'll be in the black for for the season. So uh, yes, please um, either bet or fade my picks, whichever you choose to. So all right, <laughs> let's uh, let's very quickly talk Loon's playoff magic number update. And for this, I will throw it to Jess. Hello. So as you may recall. Uh, fellow, no, uh, loyal listeners. We did a segment in episode uh, 209 uh, on August 23rd about the Loon's magic number in terms of points they need to achieve to make the playoffs. They needed 18 more points to make the playoffs, 27 more points to host a playoff match. And um, we started with Houston. Um, we won that game. So MJ predicted we'd walk away with one. I predicted three. David predicted three. We actually got three. And then uh, at Seattle, we pre- MJ predicted zero. I predicted a tie at one and Dave predicted zero and it was zero. So, so far Jess won, MJ won, Dave two for two. Yeah. That's how it is. Um, and, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking at my prediction for the sparks on Wednesday. I'm like, Oh shit. I probably should have predicted that <laughs> one. So we'll get there. We'll get there. So to, to be fair, you did not know that, that uh, Ozzy Lonzo and, and Gasper were going to pick up their fifth yellow cards. Um, That's true. But you know what, man? I'm, I'm going to live with my predictions. I fuck it. Why not? So, why not? Yeah. So now, because I never remember what my prediction actually was, because I think about it too hard, too long. And so now I was like, I will be responsible for keeping us updated. <laughs> 
and we, holding people accountable for their actual predictions. We appreciate that, Jess. That is that, yeah, none of this. Like MJ and David get to rewrite history, and yeah, like, I'm the enforcer. Claim yes. how smart they were. Yeah, fuck that. Keeping us, how much keeping cocaine us, they did. Yeah, I mean a lot. Let's not be. Let's be. How honest. good it was. Very good. It's all cocaine. <laughs> all cocaine is good, Jess. Uh, you should know that. Um, all cocaine is good. Uh, all but, right. What, what's those playing the word of the day game at home? I bet you can guess what the word of the day is on this week. <laughs> it's it's, it's mo- molly whopped is the word this of the day. Episode was brought to you by the letter. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, let's, what, speaking of um, sporks and cocaine, let's jump in uh, and uh, preview the these upcoming matches. Uh, we have the again. We're at the sporks on Wednesday. Um, Kansas City is the favorite, obviously uh, minus one fifteen. They're one of the better teams in the Western Conference. A draw is plus two seventy, and a Minnesota United win is plus two seventy five, which is actually not uh, not terrible odds. I made to throw uh, throw some shekels on on that one. So. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about who we need to, uh, worry about for Sporting Kansas City. Um, MJ, obviously we have Peter Vermees, the longtime manager, uh, coach, sporting director, man about town in the Kansas City, the Kansas half of Kansas City. Uh, anybody else that we should really be looking out for, for, uh, Kansas City? I just want to say at any given moment, Peter Vermees watching a soccer game, Looks like you just murdered his brother. That is true. He he, he is not a smiley character. He is not. Uh, who do we have to worry about? The uh, that whole left side attack for them. So what's going to be coming at Metinier, who better play better than he did last game? Gotti Kinda, Daniel Saloy, uh, Polito up top. Um, gosh, that's scary. Yeah. Uh, they have, you know, honestly, probably one of the better, um, I don't know, maybe the best goalkeeper, of course, over the course of the last, say, three or four years in Tim, Tim Malia. Um, yeah, he's, he's good. He, he is very, very good. And, you know, they, uh, Busio's gone. Um, he's playing in, uh, Italia right now, uh, with Venezia. Um, but yeah, this is a. This is a team that shows up and plays really, really well. Johnny Russell has t- always tormented Minnesota United, weirdly. And then um, Dennis Shaloy as well as, you know, weirdly tormented the hell out of Minnesota. Uh, sorry, we took a lot of names, Jess. Anybody that we're, we're missing on that one? Um, no. It's also it's also a midweek match against Sporting Kansas City, and for some reason, Adrian Heath thinks these are games that you should just throw away. Some <laughs> yeah, they're on a Wednesday. Nobody watches. Goddamn reason. Yeah, I, I literally I know I'll be I actually I have a soccer game at seven fifty five, so I'm probably gonna miss this entire game as well. So uh, I'm gonna be watching the the highlight reel, um, or not watching the highlight reel after I. Get done with my game and look at my phone and realize that we've lost three to nothing. So uh, uh, we'll not be looking at it. Hey, wait, wait. So, so wait. Um, last our teams met, you know, we had that that red card thing, which we did not capitalize on. Oh yeah, good memory. Right. Yes. Oh yeah. 
yeah. So I'm expecting like, I don't know. I, I could see Kansas really seeing this as an opportunity to write, uh, you know, like I could see them really wanting to kick our asses more than, you know, just everybody wants to win when they play, but like, I could see them really wanting to like put us back in our place. Oh, Peter Vermees definitely likes to kick the shit out of Minnesota. That, that is, he doesn't even need that red card slight for that to be. No, that, a, a right. I mean, that's so. a given, but I mean, if I were that player that got the red card or I was, cause th- that was as a loons fan, a very painful game to watch just because we kept getting so close and it's like shooting and shooting and shooting. And actually that's the, that's the night I lost my phone because it was such a difficult game to watch. Yeah. So, all right. So how should we play them? Um, MJ, let's start with you. I basically put in here, uh, rotate the squad with what little we have. Damn it. And I still believe that this is a midweek game. You know, let's look at preserving the health of what little we have for the Saturday game against the Galaxy at home. And let's use this to give players that don't get a chance. As much as I hate that he always does this, like like rather than rotating like five players, he rotates maybe seven players and throws them all in there. I think this is the time to do the heat thing and just like really let some other people play. Yeah, but therein lies the problem is that um, are there even three players that he to rotate in? So like, so let's assume that um, here's a hypothetical. Reynoso is say 75% fit. So he can play this game. He can play about 60 minutes of this game. Do you play him in this game? He can play 75 minutes or 60, six, probably 60 minutes. Uh, but if you, if you wait till uh, Saturday, he, he's probably, he can probably give you like 75 minutes. Considering and, coming off of injury, I say you play him for like the last 30 minutes. Yes. I'm not, that's not the, that's not the question. Oh, the question is, will he play him? Oh, for yeah. If he's, if he's like, it, it, so it, it, so he, at what percentage so at what percentage do you think um Heath would say nah we'll wait until uh until you're 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 more healthy okay so like 50% honestly i think Heath would play him or Heath would bench him if ray says yeah i'm about 60% coach now you the think so? says that i disagree i think I think if, if it's if it's if it's above fifty percent, the cynic in me says that he would only bench him if Ray says twenty five percent. No, I, but I, I think I honestly, I legitimately think if if Reynoso was like, yeah, I'm like sixty percent, Keith is playing him. If he's like, mm-hmm. I'm at fifty one, uh, or like fifty point zero one percent, Heath would play him for seventy minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not saying that that's the right answer or that he should do. I'm just saying that is what I think um, Adrian Heath would do. I think if Ray has the pulse, he's playing. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's a fair, I mean, considering you basically punted the game against Seattle, um, if you're not going to play your players uh, if they're, if they're fit. So, all right. Um, (laughs) Jess, do you have any other thoughts on how Minnesota United should uh, approach this game? 
Well, if it, I would caution Heath against playing Ray even at all because wasn't the Kansas game the one that put him out? I believe so. And they were very, I remember, I remember jeering at the subs warming up. I said, are you all just trying to assassinate Reynoso? Is that your, is that your strategy here? Like coach was pulling out his whiteboard and I think it was Espinoza maybe. Oh, he loves tearing us apart. Like um, we forgot. We didn't even mention Roger Espinoza. Yeah. That dude, that motherfucker loves being the shit out of Minnesota United. So well, he also loves shushing me (laughs) and I, well, Okay, so now I know why. I was like, are you just trying to fucking put Ray out of the rest of the season? Is that your approach here? Because I'm on to you. And he shushed me. So, all right. So bottom line, I wouldn't play Ray in against Kansas, like his first game back at all. Yeah. Save him for LA. Thank you. Bill. Sounds good. All right. So, um, so who wins? I'll, I'll go first. I'm, I'm, I'll stick with my draw prediction. Um, so I want to stay faithful to uh, a thing I did three weeks ago. Um, you don't have to. No, I know. I, I honestly, like, you know, listen, the, the team played well enough last week uh, or on uh, Saturday to get a draw, which is weird. It's, you know, Minnesota and Seattle, you, they, and they played like shit, but Seattle also played like shit. So um, I think there's, you know, there's enough pieces here to make a like a one one or zero zero draw uh, feasible. So I'll stick I'll stick with the draw. I think I think I think with a one one draw uh, down in Kansas City. MJ, as Mister Negative, I will stick with my that they lose, and I say they lose two nothing. And Jess, hmm, I would okay. So I had predicted a win Houston a draw Seattle and then a loss against Kansas. But so, but considering we won and lost, I say this one is probably now going to be a draw. All right. So two draws and a loss. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I, if it's a draw, it'll be one, one or zero, zero, one of those. No, I think that's that's a pretty pretty safe assumption. Uh, all right, and then on Saturday uh, we play LA Galaxy back at home, back at Allianz uh, at seven p.m. Uh, no lines on this game yet because there's a bunch of midweek games. Uh, MJ, who should we look out for outside of Chicharito on uh, on the LA Galaxy? Oh God, who do we look at? Uh, I mean, Sebastian Legette is obviously. Uh, He'll be back. A big one. Yeah. Yeah, he's back and and um back into the rotation. Uh uh man, you know, Chicharito's a big one. Um Jonathan uh De Santos also likes to score goals against Minnesota United. Mm-hmm. Kind of a dick. Uh, Jorge Villafania. Jorge Villafania. And then um uh, uh Arajo. Yeah, uh, Jose Arajo, who's a uh I think he's a right back. If I'm not yeah. mistaken, uh, dual dual national um, plays really well with uh, with the LA Galaxy. So, 
And you know, they have a they have a Klinsman on their roster as a goalkeeper, Jonathan Klinsman. I also have, oh fuck, I forgot about they have Sasha Kleshin as well. Damn. This is a yeah, uh, not starting for them though now. No, no. It's a this is a weird this is a weird team, yeah. man. You know, like Seattle has the two Stephens and, and LA has the two Jonathans, you know, Jonathan Bond and Jonathan Klinsman. Um last time Klinsman like stood on his head, right? He us. did right here, mm-hmm. actually, as a matter of fact, um, um, and stole a point. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see, even though he's their backup, if they say, "Hey, you played well against them last time in this park," you know, why don't you have another go at him? Yeah. So how do we uh, how do we attack LA Galaxy in Spanish? Not let Jonathan <laughs> Klinsman stand on his fucking head for uh, ninety minutes. Or is that it? I. It's. So I feel like hard. I don't know this team. I. It's so hard to talk about this not knowing who will have healthy. Like, like Gasper and Alonzo will be back or available, but it's like who's going to be healthy? Because if we were to have a a Lude and a Reynoso back that changes a lot on how I think we should attack them versus not having Reynoso and elude and how we should attack them. I don't know, but I'm not going to give you two, two ways of how we should attack them because we don't have time for that shit. Uh, we should, we should definitely attack uh, on the edges, both the left side and the right side and mix it up and not try and going down the middle. Um, that's because what that's is. where Sebastian Legette and Jonathan Dos Santos are. That's that is how we fucking attack, man. Yeah, or we, but, have, or we have shitty crosses from from uh, recently, Chase Gasper. Yeah. So recently, um, we've been trying to play a lot of direct through balls. Yeah. We, we look off that easy pass to the wing or to the fullback, and then Trap or Reynoso is trying to hit Unu directly rather than using the wings. And I don't like that. So I would like to see us. I know we're, we're tired of seeing Metnair and Gasper send crosses to no one. And mm-hmm. I don't think that's it. But, you know, uh, Will Trapp said something really intelligent about, you know, Ethan Finley getting better at when he's coming down the right side, shifting over to his left foot, making that kind of diagonal or square ball back to the middle and you know wanting to do more of that. And that's what I'd like to see. Well, yeah, I mean, honestly, anything that um, neutralizes DeSantos and Legette is good by me. Uh, however, I don't necessarily think we have the um, the pieces to do it, especially not if uh, Reynoso is out. Yeah. And I'll be interested to hear about how Lude is doing because, um, you know, listening to the, uh, the Sound of the Loons podcast, uh, a week and a half ago or something, Cal Williams mentioned that basically uh, Unu operates best with a second striker, um, mm-hmm. which like, spoiler alert, everybody fucking knew that. Um, thanks, for saying <laughs> it out, thanks, thanks for saying it out loud because he had never worked in a system that was he, where he was the main striker and there was no other strikers. It's like, oh yeah, no, the, the fucking thing that we've been telling you um, to do it's, it's 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 the same fucking thing with uh with Robin Lude where everybody's like 
The dude is not a fucking left winger. Play him on the right where he mm-hmm. belongs. And then everybody is like, oh, all the um, cer- a certain uh, segment of the fan base is like, oh, you fucking hate uh, Robin Lou. We're like, no, no, no. We don't hate him. We're just like, he's being out, he's being played in a, the not correct position. We just want him to be played in the correct position. And then he gets played in the correct position. And then he starts scoring a bunch of goals. And then all those assholes are like, see, Robin Lou was great. He's awesome. Yeah. He's, I was like, yes. Because he's being played in the right position. Same thing with um with uh Unu as well. It's like, yeah, the man has like he's not ever played in the system that he's being asked to play in. And maybe we play him in the system that makes more sense for him. And so getting Robin Lude back, I think, could could be that sort of like second striker-esque. And you and you could put honestly, man, think about this lineup. You know, fucking uh Unu, Lude, uh Fragapane, uh Ethan Finley, Reynoso, just as your attackers, that's I, I will I will I will come when that lineup happens. Like when I see that lineup, wherever I am, the black heart, the stadium, I will I will jizz my pants because that is sexy. That's what that is. And then then we have people like Nico Hansen coming off the bench. And I'm like literally I'll I'll probably jizz when that because that guy is fucking sexy as shit, too. So. I love him. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the little kid that sits behind me, though, he does not. He's like Nico Hansen. He sucks. I'm like, listen, dude, you're five years old. You suck. Um, you should punch that kid just to let him know what's what's up. Well, I mean, I try to. I mean, they forgive me for swearing in front of the kids, so I can't really. You know. I mean, but still, like he's spouting bad shit about Nico Hansen. That kid needs to get punched. Well, I definitely call him on it every time. <laughs> good, good. All right. So let's, let's, let's jump to the most important thing. Who's going to win? MJ, uh, who's going to beat the whom on uh, Saturday against the LA Galaxy and Minnesota United? Um, I originally picked uh, a draw. And I'm going to stick with that, that pick. I'm going to, like, we, we draw 1-1. One, one. Okay. Jess? God, I just really don't know. Um, I'm going to say, what did I pick before? You picked a win. <laughs> I picked a win. You and I both picked wins on this one, so. Mm. Okay, I'll stick with that. Good girl. I'm sticking with the win, too. I think we win two to one. Uh and it's a lot it's not even that close i think it's it's two nothing us till the very end and maybe they you know la galaxy steals a late like 89th minute something something or another to make it seem like it's close but i think minnesota dominates this game i think we get honestly i think we get right reynoso back and i think we get um maybe even nico hansen i'm not sure about lude yet uh from the things that i've read he doesn't seem like he's super close to being back but i think we get Reynoso and and maybe you know either uh, uh, Nico Hansen or Justin McMaster back who make a big difference in this game as well. So, mm-hmm. all right, all right. Moving yep. on to the the very end of the podcast here. Uh, world soccer stuff. Uh, U.S. Men's National Team qualifier tickets went on sale this morning. Um, mm-hmm. I bought tickets in uh, section twenty four. Uh, I think row eight. 
something like that. So like just next to the AO section, um, I think there's still tickets available. I know MJ, you had a, a hell of a time trying to get tickets. Um, I got, I got tickets in section 116. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, so we'll be at the, uh, so at least uh, Jess, are you going to the women's game or not? I was waiting to hear what you guys are doing. <laughs> We're, we're going, so um, maybe we'll do a, uh, a Dave's I Know meet and greet or something at the Blackheart, which is basically oh, yeah. like hanging out with uh, Dave and MJ at the bar because we're all at the bar. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm literally, you could do a Dave's I Know meet and greet with me pretty much any day of the week. So any day. <laughs> as long as there's soccer on, I'm probably at the bar. So um, yeah, that game is October, I think, I believe the 26th. It's a Tuesday, uh, 7 p.m., um, there are some uh, pre-sale codes out there. If you uh, need one, uh, holler at your boy. I can get you one. So, uh, And then finally, World Cup qualifying. Um, that thing that we spent a week and a half um, kind of bitching and moaning about is now over. Uh, two important games in the Dave's I Know sphere. Honduras. Men's World Cup qualifying is still going on. It's just the international break's over. Yes, international break is over. Yes, the uh, this round of World Cup qualifying is over, and we'll move on to the next uh, set of games in in October. Literally, like three weeks from now. Um, Honduras won. U.S. Men's National Team four. We we talked about the the two previous games, which were zero uh, zero and one one draws with uh, El Salvador and then Canada, respectively, for the U.S. Men's National Team. Uh, we won't spend too much time talking about this game, but. Honduras went into this game. Uh, they kind of kicked the uh, teeth of the U.S. national team. Went into halftime, one nothing, and then Greg Berhalter uh, somehow managed to save his job, possibly his life, uh, and made some adjustments. And the U.S. men's national team won this game four to one. Uh, their actually their largest uh, margin of victory, I think, since like 2009 uh, in a World Cup qualifying match. Uh, MJ, I know you have some thoughts on this game. He made adjustments via substitutions. He did. He made three subs at halftime. Made adjustments to the formation and their tactics. And Anthony Robinson comes off the bench and as a fullback he scores a goal and Ricardo Pepe comes off the bench and he's involved in three of the four goals in the second half. Pepe started buddy he started. Oh sorry he started yeah he he was involved in in, yeah he he scored the winner um, was involved in three of the four goals but yeah he he started. Adjustment to move Sargent to the right wing and let Ricardo Pepe start at center forward for the first time in this World Cup qualifying. Yeah. And that was huge in my mind. I don't know why he moved Sargent to the right wing, because that's not where he plays. Um, that didn't make sense. And so because Sargent wasn't doing anything good there, he took him off. Yeah. So, yeah. It was weird. Uh, it was interesting. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was fucking fun to watch. I was, I was watching at the Black Card. I was watching after my, uh, my team had... Uh, Suffered a two-two draw in my my soccer match. Um, both the goals were not my fault; were fucking defenders' faults. However, Are you a goalie? I am. Yes. Really? Yeah. Does that? I feel like every when I tell people I'm a goalie, they're like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." Uh, but does that make sense to you? Uh, 
It was so this is a, a really fun fucking game to watch. It's the second half. Um is Greg Berhoklo's job safe after this game? I don't know. Let's wait and see. Like he did enough. He made the correct decisions uh when he, you know, to salvage a game and, and get three points on the road in CONCACAF, which is, you know, a lot of us know it's frighteningly hard to get points on the road in CONCACAF. So um but yeah, I don't know. MJ, what is your your sort of state of the team? Five points through three games. They're sitting in third place technically, um, which the top three qualified directly to Qatar, and then the fourth place team has to play in inter- intercontinental playoff. Uh, what are your thoughts on U.S. men's national team right now? Really, uh, we we just won't know more until October. Like we won't yeah. know more until November. Honestly, man, that's when we play Mexico. I think. Yeah, no, no, but like, as far as like, Burhalter's job is concerned, I think if he if he's strong in these in the next games in October, you know he gets a chance to play Mexico and he's he's good for the rest of the World Cup cycle. Um, uh, it was looking like if we were losing Honduras, we'd be like, it in sixth or seventh place out of eight, and because yeah. we won, we're now top three which is yeah. where we should be. Right. Um, so I think despite the, the poor start, which can contribute to a lot of things, um, Burhalter is still trying to figure out what chemistry works with the squad. A lot of youth trying to get nerves out from their first World Cup qualifying experience. And uh, a lot of stupid, you know, injury shit and COVID shit that happened. You know, let's let let's see what happens in these next three games in October, and you know, I yeah. I said the the pitchforks can be set down now for now. You know, like like you don't have but to be like Def, Defcon three now instead of Defcon yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, 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 exactly, so. exactly. Uh, I mean, if you would if you had told me we have five points after three games, I would have said okay, that's acceptable. However, the way they got the five points, I think, is the thing that is troubling to people. Is because like, we all assumed we would probably draw in El Salvador. Maybe we hope, maybe a win. We beat Canada here in the U.S. and then we draw with Honduras, um, which is five points. And I think everybody kind of expected seven points, right? Like you beat yeah. you beat El Salvador, you beat Canada, and you draw with Honduras. Um, but I think if you would have offered me five points. I would probably have been like, okay, yeah, that's 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 totally fine. Uh, so there are the negative Nathans out there that are like on the tweets saying, "We've only seen one good half out of out of six halves of soccer." They're not from, wrong, and they're, they're not wrong. But it's very different if that one good half was the first half of the nil nil draw versus El Salvador. Or that one good half was the second half versus Canada, and then they played like shit for two halves in in versus Honduras because it was the most recent half that we played. And one half is not a trend. That's why I say wait till October. Sure. Is, is is it going to be more like what we saw versus El Salvador and Canada, or the first half of Honduras, or is it going to be more like what we saw in the second half of Honduras? We won't know. Great points. Uh, Jess, did you watch any of the U.S. men's national team game? Okay, good. No. Probably, probably 
better, better for your mental health anyways. So, uh, all right. And then the other World Cup qualifying game we wanted to highlight, uh, obviously, uh, MJ is very uh, uh, particular and cares about uh, South Korea. Uh, they beat Lebanon one nothing. Yeah. Uh, Quan, uh, Quan Chang-hoon scores. Uh, he's an attacking player from the Suwon Blue Wings. They're sponsored by Samsung. They didn't have most of their European players like Sung Hyung Min and uh, Hwang Yingbom and players like that play this this cycle. So it's just great to see them get a win because they should have won uh, against Iraq and they didn't, but they get the win against Lebanon. Uh, that pushes them up into like reasonable sides uh, for their for their table and, and qualifications. So I'm happy they finally got a win as well. Um, what is the uh, what is their path to to qualifying for the World Cup? So, thanks for asking because. Normally in Asia, they have like two groups of six where one is all Western Asia or Western and Central Asia. And one, the rest is all South, Southeast and East Asia. And Korea would normally, I don't want to say struggle, but be going against most of the harder teams being like Japan, Australia, China. The way they have it done this time is they actually seeded all of Asia based on FIFA rankings or something like that, and then did a draw. Okay. So the top two teams in Asia can't be in the same pool. Ah. You have one and two, and then, then three and four, you know, you know, same thing all the way down. And so the end result of this random draw is Korea has to travel to all of West Asia. They're the only East Asian country. <laughs> this, this supposedly random draw that was supposed to mix things up put Korea against a bunch of other. Now the the other side is more balanced. There's like maybe three West Asian teams against some East Asian teams, but like Japan and Australia and China all got into that other group. Now that doesn't mm. make it easy because they have I think Saudi Arabia, Iraq, and maybe Iran. I mean they have some tough um, uh, teams in that. Iran is, is Iran in that group too, or? Um, let me pull it up here. Are, are they on the uh, the other the other side? Um, then they it's... have Iran, uh, UAE, which is good. Yeah. And uh, I claim that Iraq is also good. Then they have Syria and Lebanon that 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 aren't that aren't as good. Okay. And then um, um, uh, they get they, 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 four four is it four spots go and then a yeah half a spot so four and there, a half spots. There are two groups of six. The top two. In, in each go. And then uh, the third place teams in each group play each other. And the winner of that has a playoff against some other. Which like, ha- ha- yeah, has not been determined like, yet. Like New might Zealand be, or like they have to play. Might be Oceania, might be the US, might be South America. Depends. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. Well, we'll hope, keep hoping that uh, South Korea keeps doing well. Um, I always like to see you happy with uh, with the South Korean national yeah, team. They're so. in second place in that group right now, and again, that's why that that you know they have they're on four points. The the draw against Iraq when they were at home is super disappointing. Uh, the win against Lebanon, it's it, they kind of feel like they're in the same boat as the U.S. Like the next cycle, which team are we going to see? Right. Are we going to see right. the team that draws against Iraq at home, or are we going to see the team that you know? beats Lebanon with a great diagonal ball and, and, and one touch, you know, 
to beat the keeper. We're going to see that creatine. Well, there you go. That was your uh, South Korean national team update. Probably the only podcast in the U.S. that is has a South Korean national team update. So, uh, so please uh, rate and review the podcast wherever you listen. Uh, Davidrow.com. Yeah. Um, I have a correction to make. Yeah. My neighbor. Remember, we talked about my neighbor who owns a gun shop. I, I, gag, like, yes. I remember this. I, I wanted to correct myself. It's called Get Guns Now. And it's in Oakdale. Okay. And um, I just wanted to correct that. The pod. Okay. So normally, so my wife normally gives me corrections to the podcast. I don't think she would have, would have ever caught that one, but Get Guns Now. Um, go there to get your guns. Now. I mean, if you, I mean, and be responsible. Is, is he going to sponsor the pod though? If he wants to sponsor um, the podcast, um, I am. I we we can be we can be bought. I'm not. I'm just. I'm not going to yeah, lie. Well, I have I'm a very sure interested in buying us, but I, I have a I have a very I high number. But I can. Right. Yes, I yes, I have a very high number for what we can be bought for. But we can be bought. I'm just. I'm not going to lie. Um, it's it, not it, cheap. It will make you. It will make you both um, very wealthy. So. Just FYI, uh, Patreon. I, like money. Patreon. And, and I will go. I will go there to shoot. I will. Patreon.com uh, slash the Daves. I know that was worth the Daves. You know that is that's actually where we're mostly bought. But we also give you shit like 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 fucking beer. Um, and like t- maybe you're interested in t-shirts. If you're interested in our t-shirt ideas, please tweet us. I'm I'm going to throw together some uh, some mock-ups, and uh, we might we should probably do a Daves I know t-shirt just. Uh, and I feel so, like I really need one. Yeah, just to like, you know, that'll feel very real. Like, there, there are like seven or eight Dave's I know sweaters that sweat in the world. Yeah, like sweaters, like ugly um, ones. Like, well, no, like sweatshirts, not sweaters. Sweatshirts. Oh, 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 oh. oh okay. okay. Anyways, uh, but we, I'm gonna. I was I'll, so we'll, confused. I was like, is it an ugly? Better party. Just, just try to get through the end of the fucking podcast. Uh, you want to wait and review us? We are workshopping. We'll, we'll workshop the t-shirts at TDAKMN on Twitter. If you have workshop, if you have uh, ideas for a what a Dave's and a uh, t-shirt should look like, uh, I'm at Texas Eller. MJ is at MJ Matsui. Jess is at Jessica one four four zero eight three nine or two. Niner. No, no one has given us enough enough money to to literally change your handle. Um, please do that if you want to uh, not have yeah. the Niners at the end of like, the podcast. I'm open to bids. She is not a Russian bot, but I would be in favor of making her handle less like a Russian bot. Yeah. <laughs> we have been the Daves You Know. This is... This was... The Land here become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Yeah, we, we, we. 
do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, uh, we, we do our thing, son.